0: welcome to the podcast we do recover with jared miller your host and i'm dr terry sellers your
1: co-host this is a podcast about recovery from addiction we want to talk about what successful recovery can look like brought to you by Subs recovery center rise up subs and the saint george hilton garden inn
0: Turkey Day is right around the corner, baby. It is November 17th, 2023, and I am telling you right now, there will not be an episode next week because I will be bloated, stuffed with turkey, pie, all the stuffings, right? Like I'm all the stuff. Dude, I'm just I'm prepping right now. Like I'm I'm pre-gaming now to stretch my stomach.
1: In pre- preparation for Thanksgiving, I'm a little concerned that you're like uh, looking toward uh, forward to your tryptophan high. Oh, uh, oh, oh! Hey, take, yeah, is that taking a nap, man. Wow, he had wow. to take a nap. That's
0: a, that was a great shot, though, right? Like, right. look at Denvin's sure. brain. You're so smart. It's man. Like,
1: wow! I can't wait to release all these uh, chemicals in my brain oh, next yeah. week. It's like. Is this the show? to be talking about that? Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. you got to
2: get the natural chemicals, you know, that are Th- out there.
0: Thank you, Jared. That's yeah, this is relapse prevention, right? I got to yeah. reward myself with some natural dopamine. Yep. <laughs> Tryptophan too, right? right. Absolutely. All the turkeys. That's what's in Turkey, right? Yeah. You got to dumb it down for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I am uh, sitting here in studio with, man, just a great human being. Uh, he goes by the name Jared Johnson. I, I have the opportunity to work with Jared Johnson. He's one of our case managers at Steps Recovery Centers here in St. George, Utah. He has a pretty, uh, pretty great story he's going to share today. Um, before we get to Jared and, and to his journey of recovery, episode 137 is brought to us by our sponsors, Steps Recovery Centers. Steps Recovery Centers is an adult substance abuse and mental health treatment provider. Steps Recovery Centers has all levels of care from start to finish. They have a medical detox facility, multiple residential treatment centers, and outpatient services reaching from the top of Utah to the bottom. Recovery starts with you, and at Steps Recovery Centers, we believe there is always hope. Call them today at 801-800-8142 or visit their website at stepsrc.com to learn more. We appreciate them sponsoring this podcast and our employment, frankly, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Love it. Uh, episode 137, part one is also brought to us by Rise Up Supplements. Rise Up Supplements is a nootropic supplement line, again, for the noggle, the noodle, the old think tank, the brain. Um, it's a nootropic supplement line that th- is aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health. They have two powerful blends. Mindful mood helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood. It's your feel good. Slow down, baby. It's the break. I took some of that just before this. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> the other formula is mind shift. Helps increase focus and optimize brain function. Place your order today at RiseUpSubs.com. That's R-I-S-E-U-P-S-U-P-S dot At checkout, punch in, all caps, promo code, in the promo code section, podcast twenty. To save our listeners twenty percent off, we appreciate you listening. Give those supplements a try. What are you thought so far? Uh, I usually take the
2: the mood one, mindful mood. I take it like at at night before I go to bed, so I don't. I'm not usually like up and doing stuff while it's there. While you know, while it's there, but uh, the other one I'll take. Do you
0: feel like it helps you kind of relax in the evening? Yeah, kind of unwind. Yep. Yeah, good, man, yep. good.
2: All the stuff. So we'll see. There's a little bit keyed up for this, right? Like I don't <laughs> do this kind of thing very often, so I thought, I'm going to take some of that and see if it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Helps so smell you out a little bit. Smell me out a little bit, yeah. Um,
0: and the other one I'll take sometimes before I go work out, which I like, you know. I love it. I love it. The idea of the mindful mood, which is one of my favorites, is, is to be like a natural um, beta blocker helps slow down the sympathetic nervous system, right? Helps decrease like your breathing and your, you know, so keyed up's a good word. When you're feeling keyed up or a little anxious, it's good to just kind of take the edge off. Yeah. I love it, man. Thanks. Appreciate you talking about your own personal experience. Well, yeah, of course. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we usually kick this thing off with new and goods, right? I'm going to, Sean Danovan, I'm going to Lean on him to show you kind of how new and goods work. It's basically starting off with some gratitude. Like, what's good in your life today, Sean Deniman?
1: Um, I found out today that I'm going to be a a grandpa for the third time. What? That is good. That is new and good. Very cool. Congratulations. So stepson is a, yeah, there we go. Do you know boy,
0: girl, or you just know pregnant?
1: Uh, They will know the sex uh, in a couple weeks, but it sounds like they've already known the sex for a couple months.
0: Oh, heyo! <laughs> Come on, that was good. Let's see what
1: you did there. Thank you. No, they'll know in a couple of weeks. So they just went and got ultrasound, and then told my wife today. And so it was weird. She woke up. She's like, "I'm, I'm having lunch with him today," which is really weird. I I wonder if uh, I wonder if they're pregnant. Ha 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 ha! Right, right. And right. then she came to my office after lunch, shut the door, and so, I'm like, "Okay, yep." She jinxed herself. We know what's going on.
0: <laughs> well, congratulations, man. That's exciting. So there you go. It's exciting. All right, Jared, what's new and good in your life, man?
2: Well, one of the things that I love about my life is that I don't work on Fridays. And so I can sleep in. I can spend a little more time at the gym. I can play my guitar. Listen, I just can do whatever I want. My kids are at school. And my wife works on Fridays, so I kind of get some...
0: It's like your personal self-care time. Yeah. I like it, man. Yep. You're not supposed to share that we don't have to work on Fridays. That's like insider information. Wow. Well, some of us do. Some I actually, actually worked this morning, but, but we prefer, right? Yeah. Yeah, we prefer. Totally. All right, man. Uh, new and good. Let's see. What is new and good in my life? So Thanksgiving. I'm excited for Thanksgiving. I have the opportunity to go up and spend Thanksgiving with my family. Should be super fun. Wow, we're all planning on getting together at my sister's. It's been multiple years since that's happened, so I'm excited. That's new. That's good. I look forward to that. Very cool. Yeah. Well, this is a podcast about recovery. You're sitting on my podcast. Yep, here we are. Which tells me that you probably have a story. I've I've got a bit of a story, I think. Which is probably why you work in this field, because you're pretty passionate about this thing. Yeah. I'd say recovering guitars is like your thing. Yeah. Snowboarding. Snow... Let's... (laughs) <laughs> if you didn't see the promo for this thing, that was a gnarly picture. You've got more snow in that beard than I've seen in years.
2: Yeah. Love the long beard. Uh, collects snow and you'd think it's cold, but it's not.
0: Windbreak. Windbreak. Okay. Yeah, totally. Keeps the throat and the beard upper chest up, warm. Yeah, yep. Very nice. Yep. Very nice. Cool. We'll get into some of that stuff that you're doing today, but where does this thing start for you, right? Like, uh, how, how did you get into this whole thing? So, you know, I guess I was a normal kid, right?
2: Came from a two-parent household and my parents are still together. Um I got bored. I got bored with stuff. At
0: know? the age of what?
2: Uh I probably started I had my first well, I had my first drinks at age 8, okay? Um And that was weird. Um I had those in Idaho and I and it was I was at my my aunt's house and and, uh, my uncle had, you know, a liquor cabinet and I was super interested in it. And my dad was like, all right, go for it. Here's some black cherry Shasta. And I remember mixing up a drink, took one drink and was like, no, that's over. And
0: I think that was the idea. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, From your dad's perspective, like he thought he's going to taste this and it's going to be nasty. Yeah.
2: He's going to, you know, this is going to turn him off to alcohol. So, you know, and it did, you know, but I was eight. Right. Right. Then you get to like, you know, peer pressure. So I, you know, I had, I had some beers at a party when I was 13 and, uh, you know, I, there wasn't like this magical moment. Like people talk about where I was like, oh, this is the answer to everything. I was just having fun. Right. Yeah. But prior to that, you know, I drank, uh, you know, Robitussin was pretty popular you know, in middle school and that kind of thing. So I,
0: we I would just, call this like the experiment, exper- the experimental phase. Like yeah. you're kind of just a young kid yeah, just experimenting. Like, yeah, seeing, you the know, allure of there. like, don't do this was there, right? Totally. So you're like going through the rebellious stage, which is a phase of life we all go through. Yeah. Yeah. And the human development process. Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: So, you know, uh, I was really into athletics, um, played lots of sports, you know, but I was always heavy. So there were times where I didn't make teams, I think, because of that, you know. Um, but I was never, like, I kind of realized, you know, since that I didn't work hard as hard as I should have
0: or could have. You know what I mean? So back then you maybe didn't have the... I didn't have the drive. Or drive. Yeah, I
2: just didn't have the drive, you know. I wanted to play, but, you know, and uh, and just, you know, things that I've noticed, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but like, I just realized, like, I've been addicted to food since I was a little kid, long before I ever oh, did dude. drugs. So I totally six, feel that. Seven, eight, you know, like I loved food and I used it as a coping mechanism, you know?
0: Yeah, bro. I always tell people, my the first love of my life was little Debbie. There you go. Yeah. Those zingers. <laughs> you remember those tiger, those tiger, yeah. those red or the tiger oatmeal zingers? Right. The oatmeal. Oatmeal cream pies. <laughs> dude, oh, my so goodness. Good. I think, man, I, th- I appreciate <laughs> that actually. I think that's so common because. I've been able to look back and reflect like, yeah, I was, I was kind of a heavier set kid in my childhood too. And yeah, dude, I was totally addicted to sugar. Yeah. I was absolutely Shasta. I remember some yeah, Shastas out there. Right? I remember like,
2: drinking like, you know, 64 ounces of soda multiple times a day. Right. Yep. Mountain Dews, Dr. Peppers, the whole thing. Yeah. Lots of soda.
0: Um, and so, yeah, like, and as a kid, like, as a kid, you don't know, you, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know any different. You don't know right. any better, right? Like, I think for some kids, they're able to, they're not as interested versus other ones that maybe start to develop a little bit of a, an addictive personality towards it, yeah. where you obsess on it and you, you know, yeah, it becomes your, yeah, the thing. Yeah, and you don't even realize it's the thing, right? Like that it's your coping or whatever, but right? I used to stash Star Crunches do you remember star crunches? Yeah. Like I didn't want my little brother and sister <laughs> to get to the star crunches. And yeah. so I would stash them. Like looking back, like that's attic be That's weird. That's yeah. not normal. Yeah. Like normal kids would be like, if, if it's there, cool. If not, I'm stuffing, I'm stuffing them under my mattress.
2: Yeah. See my parents, you know, they just kept everything stocked. So I never had to worry about I had two younger brothers, but I was the one who was like, you know, chowing stuff down, but you know, bless my mom's heart. You know, she would that was just the thing, you know. Food. She's she's a great cook, yeah. and you know, always had it around. Make a pan of brownies, you know, that kind of stuff.
0: I also think so, too uh, culturally in Utah, food is like a family gathering thing, right? It's culturally like think about it, like when you get together with families, and it's probably outside of Utah too, but for sure very predominant in Utah. It's abnormal for there not to be. Yeah,
2: hundred percent spread. And then,
0: and then also.
2: The food thing, growing up Mormon, right? Like, what do you have? That's kind of what I was hinting at. I'm yeah. glad you just nailed it. You have food, <laughs> right? You're not drinking. You're not drinking. Smoking. Yeah. You're not. You know, it's food. You're not supposed to. You're right. Yeah. Because you know, obviously, like I didn't stick to that very well. <laughs> you know.
0: Yes. Yes, man. I I totally get it, and that's a great point. You know, culturally, like absolutely, that it's it's just a thing. It's a thing. Okay. So you can identify the food thing. You kind of went through the experimental phase, you know, eight, 13 years old. I mean, is there a point in time where like you started? So we talk about the five stages of change, right? The five stages of change is like pre-contemplation. Like I don't have a problem. You tell me I have a problem. It's my problem. Contemplation. I might have a problem. Preparation. Thinking about making a change and preparing for a different uh, way of life. Action stepping into it and actually doing it, and then maintenance. Yeah. At what point did you go from pre-contemplation to contemplation?
2: So pretty early on, um, I started drinking fairly heavily, and, well, like, I would black out. I just like I just couldn't stop. You know what I mean? And so I've never – I mean, the days when I was playing in bands and stuff, like I was drinking every day. So are you, like, in your late teens, early 20s at this, this point? Would be, so this would be, like – in my early twenties. Right. So Good. it was all fun and games for a while there. Right. It's always fun. Right. And you're, you're like hanging with your friends and you're doing stuff and it's not till later that you're like isolated and by yourself. And, you know, and so like, I recognized that I had a problem. I, th- I feel like pretty early, um, 21, 22, right in there, you know, like just the way that I would drink. I thought this can't be this isn't good.
0: Is that because you kinda looked at like your drinking habits compared to your friends at the time? Like what help what helped you make that distinction that like, okay, this is this is too much? I mean
2: maybe a little bit, but more like I just knew it was unhealthy to drink like that. Just to drink until I blacked out, you know, or just to I like I couldn't just drink two beers. You know, like if I drank two beers, I was going to drink 14. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's just how it was. So if I started drinking, I was drinking.
0: Right. Right. And I think that's a great distinction because people ask me all the time, like, oh, I have a loved one and you know, they have a couple of beers every night and is that a bad thing? And you know, are they an alcoholic or, you know, and so I think that it helps everybody or it helps people differentiate between like what, what is too much and how do you know? And when do you come across that? Right. Yeah. So I actually appreciate that. Yeah. Once you start not being able to stop until you're blacking out, it's definitely a sign of,
2: yeah. Like there's something going on. Yeah. It's just, it's not. Yeah. Right. So I just knew it wasn't healthy. I didn't know that I was an alcoholic per se, but I was like, this is, you know, this is not good. Right. And I remember watching a, and it's like, it's weird. And I, I can't remember when it was, but I watched a PBS documentary on Joe Namath. Oh, really? And he, his friends were like, dude, you got a problem. And he just cold turkey, quit drinking, but he was still a dick. And he said, <laughs> he said in this thing, he's like, and I was a dry drunk. And I was like, oh, maybe that's what I am. Cause I would go like, you know, I'd be like, all right, I got to stop drinking. And I might make it three or four months. Right. But I was still a dick. Right, you know, you were irritable, not, discontent, yeah, all yeah. the stuff, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't know that at the time, Restless, right? I was like, "What's discontent. going on?" AKA
0: a dick.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, why can't I? Why is this not like working? I'm sober. I should. This should, I should be getting better. Yeah, you know. And so I just didn't understand, but I was like, okay, that's good. Like, I okay, now I got another piece of which, the puzzle,
0: which is kind of cool, right? Because if you think about it, like by By them sharing that publicly, it helped you who was kind of in the midst of going through that, you know, contemplation stage, like what, what's going on here. And you're like, I can relate to that. Therefore I might have the same problem. Yeah. 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 And the hope is on this podcast, hopefully people can hear this that are going through it or need some inspiration. Right. Yeah. You're sitting here. How many years clean today? I, I picked up five years September 1st. That's amazing, dude. Okay, so we're backtracking into your early 20s. So do you, I mean, you don't know how to get help.
2: Right. I had no idea. Like, I, I just thought, I can do this myself, right? Like, I've got a strong will. I don't, I
0: don't good, need help. Good old will.
2: Yeah, I don't need help. Um, and I, had, you know, by this point, you know, like I'd done all the psychedelics and stuff like that, right? Acid, mushrooms. I was smoking weed every day. Okay. You know, I started smoking weed probably every day this summer between junior and senior year. And then I just never stopped. It took till I was like 25, maybe.
0: Can we explore that for a second? Sure. Do you feel, cause a lot of times people will tell me, they'll say I use marijuana to, to decrease my anxiety. And I always wonder like, is it, is it the chicken or the egg? Right? Like, Did you have this massive anxiety before you started smoking or did you start smoking because it was a cool thing to do or because recreational, social, whoop-de-whoop, and now when you're going through acute withdrawals, you have massive anxiety until you reuse. So what was your experience? Is that true for you?
2: So I feel like I'm like one of the lucky, like I'm not an anxious person and I've never been like chronically depressed. Okay. When I was, you know, cocaine kind of changed that a little bit, but it was like the substance doing it, right? Like when I'm clean and sober, I'm pretty like, That's not your normal. yeah, I just, I'm not anxious. I'm laid back and, yeah. you know, I'm pretty,
0: you know, okay. So for you, the, the smoking marijuana every day, I didn't just loved it. To, okay. I
2: just wanted to go have fun. Okay. You know, All this right. was still at the fun point. Right. Cause I got to a place where I was like, yeah, weeds. Okay. You know? I could take it or leave it, but I smoked it a lot for many years, you know. Okay. Um, I got into, uh, so, you know, and I started playing in bands when I was, and this didn't help things. It's it's like a, I guess, a side, kind of a side track or whatever, but it didn't really help. But, uh, you know, I picked up some bad habits doing that, Um, you know, more drinking, and I would drink most days. And I, you know, I, I lucked into jobs where, they, you know, I could leave for like two weeks at a time to to tour. Um, and so, you know, I would work. I was, I'm very functional, you know, as an addict.
0: So at this point there wasn't a whole lot of negative consequences. No, I was having no negative
2: consequences, right? Like I could just do whatever I wanted and Mm -hmm. I was good.
0: To be fair, you're also probably living with mom and dad or no, I lived with the band. Really?
2: Yeah. We had a band house. Um, and I worked, uh, For a guy that we did, like, remodels, he was just a a master of, like, all different types of construction, and, like, we did all kinds of stuff, and, you know, um, but it was uh, one of the guys in the band's uncle, and he would let us, you know, we could leave, and he just would, he'd be like, all right, let me know when your tour schedule comes up.
0: I'll get you on a different project. And we'll,
2: well, I just won't, like, book any big projects for a couple weeks, and then you guys come back and do your thing and book, you know what I mean? So he could, like, tailor the work to, like, kind of what we were doing. Yeah, And so that was nice, but I picked up some bad habits. I started using heroin and nobody else in the band did. And, and I remember I, I was at one of my friend's house on acid as a kid and hanging out in his dad's study at a big library. And I found this book by William Burroughs junkie
0: hmm.
2: and it was, you know, William Burroughs is one of the, he's kind of like the older brother of the B poets, Jack Kerouac and yep. Ginsburg and that anyways, he was a junkie. And I read it and I thought, okay, If it takes you, you know, he talked about it takes you two months of using twice a day to develop like a fairly significant habit. So I was like, okay, mental note, like
0: as long as I'm not doing that, as long as I'm
2: not going more than that and longer than that, I'm good. And so
0: isn't it funny, the rationalization and like, yeah, Yeah. okay. And so
2: it was uh, and I'd always looked up, you know, like I thought my heroes, right. Jimmy Page, Keith Richards, Eric Clapton, Johnny Winter, like all these guys used heroin and I thought, Hey, let's,
0: let's go, you know, if I'm going to be like these guys, this is part of this the gig. Is,
2: yeah. Yeah. But and, then and you, yet
0: we, we don't think that these icons and these people that we look up to have an influence and yet they have oh, a massive influence, big
2: influence. Yeah.
0: but you don't, you also just see the glamorized
2: side of it. Cause I guarantee all their lives were shit at some point. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And,
0: and you read their biographies and you find out, yep. Yeah. it was shit for a long time. Right. For sure. For sure. So where do you go from there? You start dipping and dabbling in some heroin, which we yep. both know eventually leads to chemical dependency. Yeah.
2: So I, I started getting, I started seeing, I've out, like I say, I'm functional, right? Like I could see at one point, I think I'd been using for about four months, twice a day. i never used more than that. And, uh, I could just see like the writing, you know what I mean? I'm like, where is this going to take me? Mm. And so I, quit. I cold turkeyed it. Bam. Done. Like and all
0: substances or no, just the heroin? No, just heroin. Okay. Right.
2: I stopped using heroin and uh, and then I, a year later, I relapsed and probably used for another three or four months and then that was it. Like I, I uh, and that kind of, like th- what got me to that point at that time, I was I was house sitting my girlfriend at the time, her um, her apartment, and I remember shooting up. I don't know, probably eleven o'clock at night, maybe. And then I woke up at one one p.m. the next day. There was like six inches of water on the floor. Mm. I couldn't fucking hear. Mm. I was deaf. You like O D completely deaf. Yeah, and I yeah. nobody had been there. You know what I mean? Like I. So I that, that was, was pretty scary. That was scary as hell, yeah. right? Because my hearing came back, but I have damage in my right ear, I don't know how much, maybe, maybe it's, it's probably 85 or 90%. So I, I lost some hearing and I've had tinnitus ever since like a, just a ringing Really for going on like 25 years now.
0: So that was probably the first big major Im- negative impact in your that life was, a, was like, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. And so at that point I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Like I, I'm not, I can't do that anymore. Right. Like I need to, you know, get away from that. But I was still like, but I can use I can use as much coke and I can
0: drink and you know I still you know was at that point. Right. You weren't like working a program or in recovery. No, you not, just Not even close. Switch from one substance yeah. to another.
2: Yeah, so this is like mid 20s. And then not long after that I I
0: stopped, right?
2: I quit everything. Everything. Yep. And I started going back to church. Um I was probably 26 uh, ish. And I started going back to church and I moved out of the band house and the, and I, like the band was still kind of playing and, uh, like I got enrolled in school, but we, you know, we weren't touring as much and, you know, I got enrolled in school and I, you know, did two years at the U and, uh, and the whole time I was praying like, Hey, I want to meet like, you know, the woman that is like going to be the woman.
0: Mm. Life partner. Yeah. Life yeah. partner. And I
2: did, I met her and within probably two or three dates. I was like, okay, I know this is really? the one that yeah. quick. It took, yeah, it was, it was weird, you know, um, honestly,
0: but, uh, I think she knew pretty quick too. Dude, I feel like we're starting to get into the point where your story's turning. We got uh, like 30 seconds left here and then we're going to jump into part two. But I also want to ask you like, like where did that happen? I mean, you went from being this certain lifestyle, living with the band, performing with the band, recreationally slash chronically using mind altering substances to all of a sudden, like let's, we're about to go on break here, but I, when we come back, I want to dive into like, there had to be something that was like, okay, I want to do something different today. Well that,
2: yeah, that was it. I wanted to do something different. You know, like I I realized this is a dead end. What am I doing with my life? How is this going to serve me for the rest of my life? And, uh, yeah, and I, th- I thought that I was
0: good. We'll be right back after this short little break and a sponsorship mention from Steps Recovery Centers. We appreciate you listening. We'll catch you in part two.
1: You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by SUPS Recovery Center, Rise Up SUPS, in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. If you or your loved one is trapped in the cycle of addiction, there is a way out. At Steps Recovery Center in Utah, we believe in second chances and new beginnings. Our evidence-based treatments, compassionate staff, and supportive community guide you on the path to recovery. It is time to reclaim your life. Take the first step towards freedom, resilience, and a brighter tomorrow. Reach out to Steps Recovery Centers today. Recovery starts with you, and at Steps, there is always hope. Call us or visit our website to learn more. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Supps Recovery Center, Rise Up Sups and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast jared miller and dr terry sellers
0: unfortunately no dr sellers today he usually comes down every other week i'm missing the guy i hope he's loving life up there in utah county aka uh, the people from the north
1: i told him i was out of dr pepper that's why he didn't show up that makes sense There's no dr pepper here. yeah
0: that totally makes sense yeah st
1: george has no dr pepper that man can drink some dr pepper drink it all
0: <laughs> all right we're episode 137 we got jared johnson here in studio sharing his story jared is uh, an amazing individual Today, he is a husband, a father, a snowboarder, a uh, musician, a lot of stuff, man. You're a creative dude. We got to the point where, um, yeah, sounds like your adolescence was filled with substance abuse and some, was it rock? What kind of music did you do?
2: Uh, Like alt country. Okay. Old I- 97s, like country-ish, but like more hip and slick, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Not
0: like, you know. Well, let's make sure, like, you've got some, you have an album out there, so let's make sure we give you a plug before we wrap this thing up. But episode 137, part two, is brought to us by the Hilton Garden Inn. It is always sunny and bright at the Hilton Garden Inn. If you or a loved one is traveling through the beautiful area of southern Utah, give them a Google search. Give them a shot at your business. They have amazing amenities. It's always clean. I love the size of the rooms. Uh, just can't say enough about the Hilton Garden in St. George, Utah. They've, uh, they've been amazing. They've been our sponsor for three years now. Quality people over there love them. So we appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. You went with very detail from uh, this certain kind of lifestyle, being in a band, living with the band, Using substances, drinking, cocaine, heroin, daily, you know, all the stuff. Whoop-de-whoop, right? To to all of a sudden having this change of heart. Like, how does that happen? Because, like, that's pretty cool. That's what we were wanting to explore, right? Is, like, how does somebody take their life and turn it around?
2: Well, like, one of the main things is I started going back to church.
0: So spiritual it's connection, like the whole time, you know, like I'd always
2: had in the back of my head, you know, like I believe that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints is, you know, it's tr- it's the truth. Okay. So I started going back to church and just, you know, doing different things. Right? I did different things, but I was I still had like one foot in, and that still like had a, reservations. Well, I just still played in the band. I, you know, so it's really hard to. To live, change, two to live two different lifestyles. Yeah. yeah, totally. And, uh, so I thought I was good. So fast forward like a year, not even a year. We met in December and we got married on her break. She was in a master's program at the U. I had been going to the U. I dropped out. Um, cause I didn't know what I wanted to do. Kay. I'd got most of my generals out of the way, you know? Um, but I was, I was an English major, and then I was like, no, 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 I'm going to switch to communications and do journalism. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. I don't know what I'm going to do, so I dropped out. But we got married while well, she had like a week break between spring semester, semester. and summer semester because it was like, you know, always Plus going. Plus, it's a gorgeous time of year that time yeah, of the year. It nice. yeah. yeah, it was great. I had been sober for, I don't know, nine or ten months at that point, something like that. Um, and did she, did she know about your yeah yeah i mean okay. i was super honest with her um about all the stuff and uh and i you know i made it 5 years i made it 5 years and then we moved back to st george and i had done a record um like a solo record in salt lake and so i put a band together down here and started playing and within a year i was right back in really drinking all the time, cocaine, I didn't mess with heroin. Right. I knew that was off the table, but anything else, right. I do meth. I don't love meth, but I'd do it right. If it was around pills, whatever, you know,
0: Got you. Just anything for a head change.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Just goes along with it. Right. So, um, that lasted, that lasted, that lasted
0: for 10 years. Do you think that like the substance use was tied because it's I, for me, it seems like it was super tied to the music and I don't want to blame it on the music, right? right. Like, was it the people? Was it the, it's like, what do you think it was that you're just they in go bars hand in hand? and you're, yeah, it's the people like the environment. It's Your just environment. the environment.
2: Yeah. It's the whole, you know, if you hang out in a barbershop, you're going to get you're a haircut. get a haircut Okay. You might make it for a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? You and out of bars, and you're I probably did, gonna you know, I, I, Yeah. I did. I made it for like a year, right? Doing well, still being in bars, right? Still doing the whole thing, you know. Not like touring as much, but still playing shows. You know, we'd go play regional stuff, Flagstaff. Um, we <laughs> we played Richfield once. <laughs> nice, uh, like Moab. I bet you that know, was a hit. Salt. Yeah, Richfield, right? <laughs> Utah, baby. Woo. Yeah. Uh. So. So yeah, I. Uh, I made it five years, and then and then I. Like I, I reined it in. Does that make sense? So like, Christine knew that I
0: was out there,
2: out there. Mm. But it was like I would. It would be more like bingey kind of a thing. And I was. I never drank like at the house. I never. I never had alcohol at the house. Like I didn't want my kids to see that. Right. To be like, yeah, it's cool. Like this is. You know. Yeah. Just never wanted them to. You know. And but at goes, some
0: point, she realized you were walking in two different worlds. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be you know it'd be worse at times right like I for like in 2010 I went on like a pretty gnarly coke bender that lasted a couple of years. Hmm. So I was spending like you know I was working you know the nice thing is like she's always been the breadwinner. And I just would, I just like to work because I'm not a shitless layabout, so.
0: Right. You want to be productive. Yeah, like, yeah.
2: you know, so I was a stay-at-home dad, but I still work graveyards three nights a week, throwing freight at the grocery store and, you know, so I had money and it wasn't like I was spending, you know, our family finances on right. this stuff. Right. Um, so I kept it pretty reined in. I wasn't drinking every day, you know, I might drink, you know, every couple weeks, you know, Depending if the band was playing out and doing stuff, I'd drink on those nights or whatever. So a couple nights a week then maybe a break or whatever. But, uh, that went on for 10 years.
0: You were an intermittent drug and alcohol user. Yeah.
2: I kind of, you know, yeah. Okay. Intermittent. It was intermittent. You know, I, yeah. Wasn't daily. Wasn't, you know, I wasn't, you know, destitute. I wasn't destroying our family. I thought. Right. Okay. But still you are, you're undermining all the stuff. Right. And so, uh. I cleaned it up a little bit, and then I went on another runner from 2016 to 2018. What happened in 2018? So in 2018, I uh, I was in my basement bathroom, barricaded in there. Nobody was home. I don't really know what happened. I had a quarter ounce of Coke. I was smoking it. Okay. Um got through most of that. Paranoia, delusion. Paranoia. And I'd Mm. been delusional and paranoid, like alarmingly. So for like a year, I thought people were in our house. Things would be moved that I was like, that wasn't like that.
0: Just some psychosis, just some psychosis. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is very, very (sighs) prevalent with uppers, amphetamines, cocaine. Right. Yeah. And so like, even knowing
2: this kind of stuff, like you can't, well, Your mind is still like, right. even knowing like, oh yeah, I'm paranoid because I'm using drugs, but it's it, it's like, you still can't
0: talk yourself you can't out control of it. it. You can't no. control it. No, yeah. You're so, on a roller coaster like where you it, have absolutely no control over. Yeah.
2: So it culminated this night, right? I could hear gunshots. I thought my family was home. I thought they were being murdered in my house. I, I don't, I've never experienced anything like that. Like a full on psychotic break. I was just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I don't. I, I think still you nailed like, it with
0: psychotic break. Yeah, I
2: still am, like, mystified by it today because, like I say, I don't have, like, mental illness when I'm
0: clean and sober, right? Like, no we'll weirdness. T- let's put a pin in that and get back to that. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. some good stuff there.
2: So, I'm barricaded in my bathroom. I f- think my family's dead. I can hear voices outside. I'm like, when are they going to kick the door down? I, uh, Like, I just am glad. Like, I have a gun. Hmm. It's It was upstairs in where I keep my gun. And, uh, I knew I couldn't get to it. So I always have a knife, have one on me right now. Always have one, everyday carry. They're just handy. And I started cutting both wrists, just started cutting and cutting. And I was like, this is the crappiest thing. Like, there's no way I'm going to bleed out. It. I was cutting for so long. Hmm. And finally I hit a spot and it just started like streaming out. You know, I'm in the shower and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, this is going to do it. So I'm like laying in my shower bleeding out and at some point like I blacked out passed out whatever but I could actually feel like the life draining out of my body Hmm. it was a weird it was a really weird feeling but I had like accepted I had accepted it that I was going to die right there and I was okay with it you know I I was okay with it so I pass out I don't know what happens but I come to and I'm like, what the hell? What what am I doing? Are you still in the same spot? Yeah, I'm still in the same spot. I'm in the shower. Wow. Shower's running. I'm like, uh, wait, I don't, no, this isn't, no, right. this isn't, th- this isn't it. Yeah. But I have, I don't know what to do. So I un like I unbarricade the bathroom and I'm woozy at this point. Like I can barely walk, but I'm like, and my plan, I like, I don't have a plan. Like, what am I going to do? I still think my family's dead. I'm like, uh. I guess I'm going to, I'm going to go out in the courtyard of our townhomes and hopefully someone will help me. So hopefully someone will help me or Mm -hmm. walks by and sees me or, so I get to the front door. I can't get it open. I collapse right there. I'm laying in a pool of blood bleeding out. And like a one minute later, my wife comes home and my kids.
0: Is it odd or is it God? Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She comes in. Immediately sees blood in the hallway up the stairs. I bet she freaked out, dude. Uh, I'm, you know, yeah. She who wouldn't? She had the, so she kept the kids in the car,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? She's like, you guys stay in the car. She comes upstairs, finds me. Um, she's an occupational therapist, works at IHC at the hospital. So she starts like she goes into towels. work mode, yes, yeah, goes into work mode, stops, starts stopping the blood. She's calling 911. All the stuff. Um, I'm meanwhile, I'm like, you gotta get out of here. There's people in our house, they're gonna kill
0: you. Psychosis was I'm still, still setting yeah, up still Yeah,
2: I'm yeah. still like just out there, right? Um They come, take me to the hospital, stitch me up, start transfusing my blood. I, you got, I lost you have five units of blood in your body, I lost three. Hmm. Lost three units of blood. They're like it's a miracle that you didn't have a heart attack. Cause when you lose that much blood, it's almost a guarantee. I didn't have a heart attack the whole time. I'm like, my back really hurts. They're like, did you fall? I, I don't know. I don't think so. They put me in the, you know, the cat scan. And right when they put me in there, I was all, Oh yeah. Like my kidneys, uh, it doesn't, they don't have blood. They didn't any. have blood for, you know, so that hurt. Um, but I, at that moment, like I knew I was done. I knew I was done doing drugs. Like that was it. I was like, so I had like a moment of clarity there. Right. I guess, you know, while I'm in the ER getting stitched up and you can tell the doctors are pissed, right? This jackass cutting himself up. I'm trying, you know, here I am stitching this idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah. They kind of have the vibe (laughs) of the the ER. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I just, that was, that was the moment. So that was a pretty, like, that was a heavy rock
0: bottom sobering moment. It was sobering. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was sobering.
0: So at that point, do you get enrolled in some type of treatment services? Do you start attending? Like, what is it for you that, you know, so, so is that the last day of your use? That's the last day of my use. How, how do you make it to November 17th, 2023?
2: Um, So I'm in the B-med, right? Because I tried to kill myself. Sure. Right. To get out, you have to have two counseling appointments set up and they just give you a list and they're like, here, like look through it and then call and schedule the appointments. We'll let you out. They had like a, I don't like some kind of intervention with uh, my wife and we're like, we think you need, you know, inpatient services. We think you need RTC. Right. I was like, no, I don't. No, I don't. I have a job. I have a good job. Like I'm not going to, no, nope. I'm not going to do it. So I bargained my way down.
0: No criminal outpatient. charges. Nothing. No, no the
2: leverage. cops came, and I think that they just saw the scene.
0: Okay. And, and they just thought it was a suicide attempt. Yeah, and I didn't realize there was drug. Use no, involved. they did. They because oh, all did. my
2: paraphernalia was like out and stuff, but they, I think that they just saw what was going on and they just took pity on my wife. Uh, honestly. Okay. I had they didn't charge me with anything, okay. nothing like that. So I had no charges or anything like that. Um. And. So I'm sitting there in the B-Med and Taz comes in.
0: Taz Decker. Mm -hmm.
2: And our insurance did not, they did not have the select health contract at that point. But Christine just said, I feel really good about this and I'll just pay for it out of pocket. I mean, it was like out of network. Your wife. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I went and then I still was like a shit show. I was like, I don't belong here. And I, you know, they we're paying for this and it's expensive. And you were such a princess. I went in to, yeah. I'm like throwing a fit <laughs> during their staff meeting. I come in in the morning, you know, and I'm not. Let me tell
0: to be you there. all the reasons why I shouldn't be here. <laughs>
2: yeah. Totally. Despite all the yeah. blaring
0: evidence that yeah. I should. Yeah. I know all the type. The we know the type. All the stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah. And then about three weeks later, I was like, all right, I have issues. I have problems. I'm going to face them. I'm going to like work through this. And at, and at Renaissance, you know, um, rest in peace, Renaissance, um, we worked the steps. And so the
0: 12 steps, mm,
2: the 12 steps, I worked them and I put everything into it because I was like, all right, I'm here. And then I was like, and I'm going to work and I'm going to do it fast too. Like I'm not messing around. This is, I don't want to, I don't want to be here for eight months. I got like, I want to get back to my life. Based you know, on I, your
0: past history, you're an all or nothing type of dude.
2: I, Yeah, kind of Diving all or nothing. In. So Pretty I heavy. dove in and I remember I had a therapist and I connected with him really well. Um, he, he played a big part and he just said, look, man, at some point that memory, because I was like, I don't know if I need all this, right? Like, I'm good. Like, I do not want to use anymore. And he was like, even that memory will fade over time. And if you don't do some work on yourself, mm. there's a good chance you go back you know, with like your drug history and stuff like, yeah, well said what's the, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I took it to heart. I was like, all right, you know? And so I started working a program and. So let's talk
0: about the 12 steps, right? I, I am always fascinated that for me personally, before I came to the point where I was ready, where I surrendered, I was so sick of hearing about the 12 steps, right? Cause they tried shoving it down my throat so many times. And I can honestly say I, I, I tried everything but the 12 steps. And so fast forward today, I get it when people are like, man, I'm tired of these 12 steps and these 12 steps. And at the same time, it's the only thing that, like, really worked for me. Yeah. I mean, there's, like,
2: all different ways, pathways to recovery. But, I mean, that's like a – like, when I first got in there, I read the 12 steps on the wall because that was the first time I'd ever really been around it, you know? And I was like, oh, that's just like a moron's guide to repentance, Is how I looked
0: at it. Kind of accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Like
2: a super simple, it's here. There's 12 steps to it, you know, rather than like a vague, like, well, you need to repent. Here's how you do it. You do this, then you do this and this. And I was like, okay, all right. Like, I I get that. I see what that is. And that makes sense to me. Okay. So I did it.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Do you feel like, so the way that the 12 steps was taught to me was uh, nine steps to freedom three steps of maintenance. Yeah. Do you feel like that was true for you? Do you feel like, what was your experience with that? Cause I can remember like when I first started them, the way I felt about myself and the way I felt about others was not good. Right. And I, and I got to a point through working in inventory and taking a look at my defects of character and making amends to people where once I was done with nine, I was a completely different person before I was step four. Like there was a transformation that happened there yeah. in the view of how I viewed myself and in the view of how I viewed others. Yeah. It was a lot less victim mentality and a lot more accountability. Yep. What was that like for you? I I would say very similar. I would say six, six steps, six
2: steps. Okay. Right. Four through nine. Do you know what I mean? It's like the real, like one through three, like prepares you, gets you to the point because I was like, how do I know if I turn my will over to God? Like, how, how do you even know that? Mm. And I was like, oh, you you keep going, right? It's this one, this big hurdle, this step four that everybody gets, like,
0: wiped out on. They're like, all right, see, I can't do it, right? Mm-hmm. And what I preach to a lot of, like, sponsees when I take on sponsees is humility. Yeah. It's it's getting out of the way and letting life unfold in front of you instead of trying to jump in the driver's seat and steer it. Yeah. Yeah. You just
2: let go and go, okay, I'm going to do this. Right. I'm going to take a hard look at myself. I'm going to write down all the things. I'm going to write down all the resentments. I'm going to write down all the fears, all the stuff, right? Everything. I'm just going to put it on paper. And then, because I, I was, uh, like, step four, it wasn't that hard for me. I was tripping out on step nine. <laughs> I did not <laughs> I want to make amends. Yeah, because I there were I people it. that I was like, well, this guy... <laughs> He owes me an amends. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to do that. And it's like, they're like, but you're
0: the bigger person because you have these steps. So you are the one who offers the olive branch. And I was like, all right. And in the step four, when there's like the person that you have the resentment towards and then why, why? and then what's your part? What's my part? And my part was huge Yeah. in all of them. You know what I mean? I got, so, I got sabotaged on the fourth step. My sponsor failed to either that or I just was totally avoidant of it. I didn't put the, my part. Right. Oh, and so I was yeah. like, step four, was everybody freaking about, I love it. Right. Like uh, is this yeah. person and <laughs> here's why. And I'm, let me tell you about that. Let right. Me tell then, you about that, And then I meet for my step five to process it with him. And, and he hits me with these, what was your part in that relationship? You're all what, And I'd be like, well, let me tell you about my ex-wife. And he's like, no, 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 no. I don't care about none of that. What was your part? And I'm like, Right. This is why everybody talks about step yeah. four. Right. Yeah. And I was okay with that, right? Because it's,
2: it's freeing. Like, yeah. It's that's f- just it. After I'd done step five, my son, one day on the way back from church, just, he was probably 10 at the time, 11, something like that. He just goes, dad, you've changed. Man. Just out of the blue. And that's like, those are those moments where you're all, yeah, okay, I'm going to keep doing this.
1: Because I knew, good.
2: you know, that I knew good. I was changing and had, you know, changed, but, uh. But it's hard, like other people, you know, because of the way that that addiction works, like other people are like, yeah, you've changed, uh-huh. you know, so I was just like, I'll just keep my mouth shut, keep working, and then stuff
0: like that happens. And it's cool that it was your son. At yeah. the time, I'm sure he was a little kid, right? Yeah. Because little kids are like, they call it how they see it. There, yeah. There's not a whole lot of like, like life hasn't calloused them over yet. You know, I feel like right. sometimes as adults, <laughs> we're a little bit more hesitant to forgive and forget. We're a little bit more hesitant to acknowledge the positive progress because we're afraid of being let down. We're afraid Uh of disappointment, right? Disappointment sucks. So the fact that it came from your son and it's just true and genuine and you're like, cool, man.
2: Yeah. That was a big, that was a big one.
0: I'm sure the relationship between you and your wife got a little bit better too. Way better.
2: Yeah. And she, I mean, my wife is, she's just an all star of a human being. She's, I mean, she's
0: just you outkicked your coverage on that one. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. 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 I married so far above my like (laughs) weight. You know what I mean? So, which most every guy probably. Right. For, (laughs) I would say,
0: hopefully you feel that way. Yeah. So we got a a few minutes left here, Jared. How do you, what's your, what's your recovery look like today? Like, I know that you're a passionate dude. Um, What does that look like? Yeah. So, you know, from you know, I work in treatment. I work at Steps,
2: um, and it's hard sometimes, um, but it's rewarding because I just feel like, hey, at the end of the day, my job, even if I don't help anyone, I'm trying to help somebody, and maybe they get it, and maybe they don't, but I'm I'm trying. I'm out here working at it, so I feel like I've got a wise livelihood, you know, for lack of a better. Um, and then I just do fun stuff, man. I've, I was very athletic as a kid, and I kind of lost that. And so, um, you know, I love snowboarding, and I go in the winter. Here we co- here it comes. Um, I go every Friday, and I have two passes this year. I bought the Icon, so I can go all over the western United States, and, and then I have my home resort, you know, pass.
0: And, right, right.
2: So that's a big thing. I do that, and my kids learned last year. So now, like, we can do that together, and they love it. And at first they didn't, right? They're like, we hate this, Dad. And I was like, you can opt out once you learn. Right. When you can do it, you can say, I don't want to. And, of course, it was. They love it. So I'm going to take them with me on most Fridays. I'm just going to, you know, because
0: school. Yeah. (laughs)
2: I mean... (laughs) You know, <laughs> it's a short
1: day anyway. It's on a Fridays, short day, right? anyways, and well it's like you up. might as
0: well have. We might as well go do fun stuff, learn some life lessons, yeah, not class lessons. Exactly. I'll co-sign you know? your BS. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Pull those kids out of totally. school. Totally. That's
2: how I feel. <laughs> you know. Talk to
0: me about your music. You also make some music. Where can yeah. our listeners find your stuff? So uh, I've got a record on like all the streaming
2: platforms. Under the the band name is Rumors of War. The record is one. There's seven songs on it. I'm getting ready to release two. I'm super creative with the titles. Number two is coming out. I just got to do some artwork. Um, I love the process of creating music.
0: I don't, I'm not like a marketing guy. I don't. Right. That part is like. You just like the creative genius of of inventing it and coming yeah, up with like, it and performing and,
2: and it. Do, I don't even care about performing it really. You know what I mean? Really? Like I just like to do, I mean, performing is okay. We live in St. George. Where am I going to perform it? You know what yeah. I mean? There's yeah. there's kind of a lack of that kind of stuff, which is probably good for me, right? Because yeah. I haven't been on a stage since Because based on your past
0: experience, you and being in bands has not worked out right. always so well. <laughs> and so I'm still sober today. We can laugh about it now, right? Yeah, totally. I also know yeah. that a big thing for you, we only got 20 seconds here, is spirituality. Like...
2: Yeah, I yeah, you know a faithful I'm, dude. I'm super invested in Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, I'm Elders Quorum president, so I accept callings and I
0: do the deal. Dude, I appreciate you coming on this podcast and being a guest, buddy. Yeah, thank I'm you. I'm also for grateful me. for you to be able to work with you every day. Yeah, yeah. Right back at you, man. All right, we'll see you guys after the holidays. Catch you later.
1: Thank you for joining us today on We
0: Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening.
1: Brought to you by SUPS Recovery Center, Rise Up SUPS, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors. This has been a production from a podcast studio.